Hello and welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone DeRoche for video producer Polygon.com. I'm joined by new deputy news editor Allegra Frank. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, hi. And new <laughs> managing editor Chelsea Stark. Oh my god, hi. And also same, same old same old Ashley. <laughs> same old bullshit Ashley. <laughs> Social media maven, Ashley O. Oh, don't use that word. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So Something exciting is happening tomorrow, tomorrow being Friday, which being today for you, our listeners. We are going to the sweatland of Portland. I hear it's going to be 110 degrees there. And I think that that will probably cause me to be the sweatiest I have ever been. But I'm interested in knowing the sweatiest that you have ever been. I think I'll start with Ashley because she seems... Like Always a sweaty. Who has sweat stories. Oh, I do. This is a question I was planning to ask like three weeks ago, and I've been meaning to ask it every week since. But more important stuff keeps coming up, and now it's the perfect time because it's going to be 110 fucking degrees, and I am going to die. You've just been wondering how sweaty we get for no, weeks. No, I, I feel like everyone has a traumatic sweat story. Probably. May I? Sh- I guess I should think of one for myself. I don't. Okay, I can think of one. Oh, right yeah. Now. I know see, you put see, Ashley on the see, spot. See? Yeah. Okay, so one time when I was in fourth grade, so I was like eight or nine, uh, I had like a really, really bad fever, like 103 or something. And I woke up and my ear was bleeding. Oh, God. Like profusely. No. <laughs> like that's how bad it was. And so I basically like, I didn't go to school. I passed out repeatedly on the way to the doctor, which is like two minutes from my house. Like I passed out like four times and I was just drenched in sweat. Like I had to change my sheets twice. Oh, my God. Because I was just so damp. How did you pass out while you were changing your sheets? I don't know. I think my mom probably changed them. I just remember like eating Lay's potato chips and passing out, and then suddenly being in a car and passing out again, oh, and then being at the doctor's office. See, and just I was being picturing very you wet. walking home, so I'm kind of relieved no, that you were at no, least no, in a no. car passing out there. Yeah, God, just all over the place, like passing out on the floor. I was very wet the whole time. So I wet. need to continue to emphasize. How um, wet. <laughs> so total on a body wetness. Of, like, one to swamp monster. I would say very close to Swamp Monster, like a lagoon monster. Lagoon? Um, Why a lagoon? <laughs> just like kind of gooey. Is that where you live? <laughs> I, li- I lived is in a lagoon. Is that what Westchester then. is like? If you've ever been to Westchester. The lagoon of Westchester. Lagoon. Yes. When I was a small child playing horse RPGs online, we could discover like new territories. So we could each like have our, our home territory if you were like the leader of your herd. And mine was Jungle Lagoon. And I don't remember if I named it that or if one of the mods of my illustrious online text-based horse RPG named it that. (laughs) Text-based. Oh, horse muds. Leave me alone. My my latest memory of being sweaty is last week when I was on my way to sleep no more. And I was like, if you've ever been to sleep no more, if you've never been to sleep no more, rather, it is a play here in New York City. And I love it. And I was looking forward to it all day. And then as I got down to the train station uh, where the platforms are like the pits of hell, I realized that the train I needed to take was 
hellishly delayed, uh, contributing, again, to the hell-like factors that were in play here. So I was standing on the platform sweating for like five minutes, being like, okay, it's going to come, it's going to come, 10 minutes, is going to, surely the, this train will come now. And then I decide to walk, like, okay, I'll go to a different line, I'll walk to a different line, I walk 10 more minutes, like power walking through New- the New York streets, sweat streaming down my face. And I got, by the time I got to the play, I was rancid. Um, and yet... The actress still danced with me, so in my rants itself, <laughs> I was like, I was, I had a napkin from Roadie Roll. I was mopping liquid off my face. It was a time. Hmm. Have you thought of anything, Ashley? No, I mean, you don't have to. Disclose. It was just last summer, and the when we were it still working so at uh, fucking hot in Midtown. Um, just like the, what is it? The platform in Bryant Park is just the fucking worst. I don't go to that. Um, and so, yeah, like, I think I remember I was playing a game on my phone, and then something was obscuring my vision, and once I realized it was, like, an actual drop of my own oh, sweat God. that got into my eyeball. Oh, I remember last summer, yeah, I was on a train, and I felt something run down my back, and I was like, this is either a spider or a drop of my own sweat. Yeah. Yeah, it's and like it was that. my sweat. Fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it was a spider or a weird stranger. <laughs> that could have been that too. I mean, what, okay, wait. Let's do a fuck Mary kill, except with drop of your own sweat, spider, strangers' fingers. Chelsea, you're on the train. You feel that. What do you want it to be? <laughs> Good pivots. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with spider. Sure, spider. Spider, really? I have the best train story I ever had is one time I felt a hand like grabbing the back pocket of my jeans and I like got, you know, extremely upset. All of a sudden I turned around and it was a little like a baby oh, that no. was just reaching up to grab anything. And I was like had about to have that I'm gonna kick someone's ass face and it was just like, You're like a horny ass slam baby. your purse down on some horny baby. <laughs> this horny baby. <laughs> Welcome to New York. Even the babies are horny. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, hard pivot. Uh, what are we playing this week? Allegra, you played Tacoma, the new Fulbright game this week. You reviewed uh, it. I did. I played it. I reviewed it. I lived it. Um, yeah, Tacoma. Say something to erase the, everything I just said from my mind. Speaking of horny babies, Tacoma. No! <laughs> um, That's what space is full of. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of horny babies, but they're not actually baby No one baby can hear aged. them scream. Ugh, okay. Um, so it's the follow-up to Gone Home, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and so this is the first game from Fulbright in like four years, I think. So obviously expectations were super high, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to divorce those expectations. Like generally, I've been pretty objective in games that I review because like, I mean, I reviews, reviewed Pokemon, I've reviewed Fire Emblem, and like I love those series. So I go in thinking, okay, I really want to love this. Mm-hmm. But Gone Home was like such a fundamental game for me like it was I was talking to Justin McElroy today about it and I was like okay you know for most of my life I played long RPGs and then I was in college and I just didn't have time for games anymore and here was a game that actually I could play because it's short and it was about like things that very specifically resonated with me so Gone Home is really important to me so going into Tacoma I was like okay I really want this to like you know hit the same sweet spot that Gone Home did and Mm -hmm. it just didn't at all so it takes place on a space station where you are trying to you are a 
contractor, it's called. And you have to go to this abandoned space station called mm-hmm. Tacoma, and you're sort of trying to figure out why it's abandoned, what happened to the crew. Um, so the way you do that is you kind of like can reconstruct memories. You can call up memories in certain areas of the space station, and you can fast forward, you can rewind, and doing that brings up certain like additional context clues for the story. Um, so it's kind of a combination of like intense long dialogue and then a lot of reading Um, but it doesn't feel as exploratory as Gone Home it feels way more linear Um, the pacing is kind of off at the end and so there's a lot of interesting details there it's a lot of there's a lot of interesting like background finer points but the core mechanic is the dialogue and it's just like not that interesting and I was just like no I'm just sad it's just not as good and so the whole time I was just like feeling very sad about how I wanted to play Gone Home instead I kind of I relate to that because I feel for me the the concept of rewinding is one that I am very hesitant about because my attention span is very short Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have enough trouble listening to things one time uh, so listening to things multiple times makes me not as interested probably not fun since you edit videos for your job that's different (laughs) though because then it's about like what can I I, okay, I guess I am describing a literal game here. What can I change about it? <laughs> also, I'm usually editing videos of myself and listening to myself and looking at myself is fun and great, <laughs> as I'm sure many Polygon reviewer, viewers will uh, relate to. No, I'm sorry. It's not good. Um, <laughs> so I heard, so Phil Kohler really liked this game. So can you tell us why you're wrong about it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people really like this game, although actually the reception was kind of lukewarm as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think it does a lot of interesting things with like themes. It It's really political in a kind of subtle way because mm-hmm. a lot of the thematic content is buried in these files that you have to dig up. And it's not like you can really bypass them. Like it's kind of easy to like they're pop-ups basically it's kind of hard to miss Mm -hmm. them although i'm an idiot and i completely miss them the first time i played but anyway that's because i'm specifically an idiot um so those files are really really interesting there's just like a slow build of like oh this is like the political climate of the future and it's just a really cool vision of the future um like all the characters are ethnically racially Mm -hmm. diverse it's like an lgbt crew so all those things are really cool um and especially like the underlying story it's just that it's so under the surface it's so like yeah surface level buried under the interpersonal stuff yeah so even though it's pretty obvious like to find it when you're listening to the dialogue it's not really like you're not super cognizant of it so it's just like it requires this extra effort to go in and actually like fish out the interesting parts Mm -hmm. if it's pretty short i think i might still try it because I am definitely still interested in super intensely narrative-based games, I guess. But, I mean, my it, it's interesting. My gaming habits have totally changed in the last couple years since I've gotten more and more busy. And I'm less interested in games like Alone With You, which I reviewed last year, which is another very narrative-based game. And games like this sound like not as appealing to me off the bat as opposed to something that like unfortunately Overwatch (laughs) or even like Road Not Taken which I've still been replaying recently where I can just jump in for a few minutes and then jump out again. You're just looking for a different experience. You're looking for like kind of maybe an action-driven experience instead of like a narrative thing. You're probably getting through other outlets, you Mm -hmm. know. I've changed. Yeah. I have been reading more books. Did books ruin 
video games? <laughs> Are books killing video games? Hot take, 2017. Can I be the title? No. Anything to add, Ashley? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, what have you been playing? Um, so the last, I guess, 24 hours, um, I've been jamming on Hellblade, which is coming out Jammin. soon. Uh, I can't talk about it at great length, obviously, because of embargo stuff. Oh, I really wanted to read uh, the text message that you sent me about it because it was really oh funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, actually, I really want to attach that text message screenshot to the <laughs> review. Uh, I When's won't. the embargo? It is Tuesday. So next episode, I can next talk episode, about it. Hellblade episode. But I can, ooh. but I can kind of just talk about, I guess, like summary of it because I mean, it's not like you don't know what the summary is if you All just Google it. All I know about it, and we'll cut this if I'm not allowed to say it, is oh, that yes. the name may, evokes one image, but it's not at all like the name Hellblade indicates it yes, might be. Yes, because as uh, Sumit Sarkar said, that sounds like a gamer ass game name, <laughs> which it, it does. Is. It really does, and you're like, oh, Hellblade, but like playing it it's definitely not that at all um it's very different um so i think the the thing that i know right off the bat about it is that they uh, ninja theory um worked with a lot of neuroscientists and a lot of experts um on psychosis uh, blech, psychosis um to just sort of like accurately sort of portray psychosis in uh, just like a different way, you know, like not, not one that, you know, perpetuates like negative stereotypes mm-hmm. or anything like that. But the way that they present it there is like so heavily intertwined with the story that it's not very much like it's not like there's a doctor like this woman is suffering from psychosis. It's like mm-hmm. very entrenched in like the experience in the world that you're playing. So first I was like, oh, that kind of looks cool because I saw it from E3 last year, the trailer. And uh, like the only thing I can say about it before I stop talking about it completely is that um, actually it, maybe I'm a baby, but it like kind of gets really scary. Um, I'm not surprised. It was just like bright 10 a.m. I have white curtains, so my room is still bright, and I'm sitting there just like sweating. Like literally, I, fa- I found myself like holding my breath. There's your sweaty. For like, <laughs> I was thinking there's yeah. your sweaty. And then I saw something in the corner of my eye, and I screamed. It was just my cat leaving the room. Um, but it's not like true. It's not supposed to be a horror game by any means. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, that is all I'm going to say about that. Uh, and then other than that, I think I've just been replaying Shadow of Mordor, which is just always a good time. I never played that one. Oh, it's a good game. <sighs> I feel it. Well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, right now. And it, like the description of it kind of makes me hesitant. I feel like I'm hesitant about everything today, but whatever. But like Senua's psychotic manifestations of her reality and mind, that kind of makes me like nail Betty. Like, oh, is this going to be a how are they going to treat that? And obviously you can't mm. say here and now how good, I guess, that their treatment of mental illness is. But... But a review is coming. I'm interested to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on the Polygon Show. Okay, this sounds like a <laughs> game that I played at E3. Uh, Ashley, the VR game that I think I told a lot of people that oh, I yeah. hated. What? Uh, it was a demo for this game called Transference. And it basically was like, what if you're inside someone's head and they have PTSD? Oh, isn't that the Elijah Wood game or whatever? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like Elijah Wood. And it was like, what if you, what if you're inside someone's head who has PTSD? So instead, you get you get are fed jump scares, 
and like really uncomfortable moments and a lot of like things that actually maybe should like have trigger warnings in front of them like not not playing like there's like a lot of threatening stuff about like PTSD and stuff and you're like VR is such a terrifying medium that if you have that stuff in your face and so I was like oh people can't handle this stuff well cool 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 <laughs> I mean like and it's you <laughs> yeah for sure it's it's very scary and it does make you extremely uncomfortable like I very very briefly played Resident Evil 7 uh, VR don't do that I got really I'm nauseous oh in Ugh. VR you're saying anyway but um, fuck that yeah but like it's interesting because that factor that drives people away of like it being super scary and uncomfortable like that's it being very effective at like communicating mm-hmm. what that feels like for other people. And so like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't like it. It's like, yeah, I know. It fucking sucks. People should know about this, like that what people are going through. Yeah. So um that is actually kind of cool. Yeah, no, I think it's it's great. Like it's definitely not something like you're gonna go home and replay every weekend. Um <laughs> for some reason unless you like really want to. But it's the uh, Stardew it's a Valley of psychosis games. No. <laughs> Sorry, Chelsea. Farming. <laughs> Chelsea, what have you been playing this week? Mm. I've I've so close to ending Persona Five. I was trying to get through it before we left on our trips because I'm gonna be like traveling <sighs> most of August because I'm doing our Portland trip, Polycon, and then I'm going to Gamescom. Yeah, and me too. Sweden before Gamescom. Not so, Sweden though. Yeah. So Probably I was like, Sweden. I just want to finish Persona. I'm so close though because I've caught up to the present. Which, if you played the game, you know what that means. And if you don't, it's not a spoiler. Can you give us five words to summarize how you're feeling? Um. Glad to know the big twist. That's that is six six. fucking words. <laughs> You're glad to man. know the big. We're cutting you off. Glad to know the big. I'm always glad to know the big. You know what? <laughs> so I do. Uh, I'm so do glad think, he ended up with Carrie. I do. <laughs> oh my god, that was a very good sex and That's reference. That's the twist of Persona Five. Right uh, there. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, I actually, there's something that I can talk about about Persona that I find really interesting that is not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Because you, I mean, this is a theme for all Persona games. I know Allegra and Ashley probably can back it up. Is that you play this character who has basically no personality, right? Mm-hmm. And I find that really fascinating because, like, in lots of games, like maybe Legend of Zelda is another good example. It's like, but how... How attached do you guys get to characters who don't have personalities? Do you do you like them? Are you frustrated by them? Do you even care? Or is it more are you more invested in the relationships? I feel like in Persona, like it's sort of a an avatar in the sense that, you know, you're like cultivating these social links and in turn like that sort of builds a personality. Like you have, you know, dialogue options and you can like have different jobs, you know. So that sort of to me like helped me get really attached to my character. And I'm not gonna spoil the end of Persona 3 because you need to play it because it's so good. But like the end of that game like wrecked me. And it something happens like to the main character who he doesn't talk, right? Like they don't talk. And like I got so attached to him, I was so in love with him that I like sobbed at the end and screamed, oh. "What? What? Why did this happen?" What? Um, well, so wow, it for... just sounds like he got like stabbed. <laughs> yeah, that's he did not get stabbed. I think. I mean, he didn't get stabbed. But now it's time for emails, and we're going to start off with one from Michelle. Hey guys. First off, I adore the podcast, and I think you are all amazing and inspiring voices in gaming. Oh my god, thank you! And I love listening every week. I have a two-parter question for you. 
First, how old were you when you were first exposed to slash allowed to play video games? For example, I played a lot of educational leapfrog games, but I wasn't allowed to play Nintendo games till I was in first grade. Second, what were your video game evolutions like? What consoles slash games did you start out with and where did you go from there? So we'll start with uh, how are you exposed? Yeah, how were you how you were first exposed to video games slash were you even allowed to play them? To which my answer is no. Oh. Yeah. I feel like we've all talked about this a little bit uh throughout the show. But yeah, so I I did have educational games like Reader Rabbit mm-hmm. and my first game ever was Busy Town on like an old Apple computer. Yo, that game was good. Wait, like um, the books? Like yeah, Busy Town. Oh. Yeah, it was really fun. My dad liked it. The worm in his apple car. My dad liked playing it more than I did. Um, so I had like a lot of games like that. Um, and then I went to Toys R Us, and I was just always fascinated with like cute things and bright colors and TV because I was like a latchkey kid who just watched a lot of TV and had no friends. Uh, so Times don't change. <laughs> exactly, do they? which is gonna come up in the evolution part. But um, so I remember like going to Toys R Us and I would like always play like the kiosks of the Nintendo sixty four, and I was like, I really want this. And then I was really into Pokemon and anime, and I was like, okay, mom, y'all need <laughs> to buy me a Game Boy. I gotta play Pokemon. This is all that matters in my life. And then I got a Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I guess that was how I got into games, if that was the question I've already forgotten. So I was like six. Um, but it was probably educational games yeah. is where I started, that, for that sure. That also was true for me. Was that true for you, Chelsea? I, uh, I, I did play educational games, but I remember I remember this still very well, vividly. Um, for Christmas when I was five, I got from Santa a <gasps> NES and... It even had a note that said, share with your brother. Oh, wow. Santa was so considerate. Santa was so considerate. Um, My dad was like, he can't sadly play video games like modern games because he gets motion Mm -hmm. sick. But he definitely liked a lot of games. When he was in the Navy, there was like, in the commissary, there was a Miss Pac-Man machine. He always tells me stories about like, just having like the high score on that machine. So I think as soon as he saw... There's a, a video game that you can bring in your house. Because we also had an old Atari, too. Uh, so that was, like, my first console. So and you started with the Nintendo. Yeah, well, I'm the... Allegra continues to make me feel old every day. <laughs> but, yeah, I started... I think... So that would have been Christmas of 89. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I started with the Nintendo, and it was the best. And I had Mario and, like, Duck Hunt, and I walked up to the screen, basically, with my, like... Zapper, I cannot remember the name of the gun now, guys. But uh, and would play Duck Hunt at like the two inch distance away from the TV screen. It was great. It was amazing. I, I and I played a lot of video games with my brother, who was like one and a half at the time, and my dad. You were right. It is the Zapper. The Zapper. Yeah. What about you, Ashley? Uh, my first was it was a giant red Game Boy. <gasps> that was the first one I got, um, and I believe I think Kirby's Dream Land. And Super Mario, the cartridge was kind of clear and it was cool. Land, I think it yeah, was it's Land. Super Mario Land, yeah, yeah. Those those two definitely remember playing. I also played. Uh, I totally forgot about the educational games part. I definitely played Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego on oh my, my computer. Oh my god, she was my idol. Yeah. And there was, like, I don't remember it, but it was just basically, like, this encyclopedia game on the computer Wait, that I guess was it is... the Encarta game? 
I think it might there have There was a been. game, there was like a maze game that you would play on Encarta on Windows. And I totally played this with my brother all the time. I don't know if it was a, it was a maze. Like hmm. it was like there's like point and click things and did was part of it uh, memorizing the periodic table? Uh, no. Oh, okay. We all <laughs> I don't know different what I'm educational <laughs> games. I don't know. It was some encyclopedia game that I played over and over and over. Um, and then when I turned like ten or eleven, I got a PlayStation. Um, oh wait, oh Jesus, wait, oh this is bringing back a sad memory. Uh, I, I got the PlayStation because I remember when that first came out, I really wanted one, but I already had um, an SNES, and then I was like, I really want that. My mom's like, you can't have more than one, so I traded it in like a fool. No. What? And got a PlayStation instead. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. I deeply repressed that memory. I totally, I totally forgot understand I that. that though, because your par- parents at the time were like, "I don't understand why you need multiple video yeah. games." Yeah, and at the time, I had no idea that I would want to hang on to that because, like, when you're a kid, like at that age, and the PlayStation comes out, you're like, "This is like old," and like, "I don't want this anymore." And like, well, I mean, I did like it still, but I was so invested in my friend had. Uh, Spyro the Dragon, and I would play it at her house, and I was so, so excited about it that that whole trade happened. I bought Spyro, I bought Crash Bandicoot, and then, yeah, from... And then sold your soul to Spyro. I did, and I don't regret it. Spyro is fantastic. I feel like I talk about that all the time. And oddly enough, Strange Departure, one Christmas, I got uh, an N64. It was the Donkey Kong 64 Jungle Green Edition. I had that too. Yeah, that was like kind of clear. And yeah. I remember like touching and be like, this is so cool. You can kind of see inside. Oh, I loved that. So that Shit. was fun. I like rarely had that many N64 games. Like I had a couple, but so I got that, but I had most of my games on PlayStation. And then the thing that really launched me into video games was one Christmas. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but it was um, my cousin had given me this big, like I remember unwrapping a freaking tower of all of his PlayStation games. They were all like all Squaresoft games that like he didn't, like he was like, so he's like six years older than me. So like he had so many, it was just Final Fantasy Anthology. It had Legend of the Dragoon. It had Vagrant Story. It had like, oh my God, um, so much Parasite Eve. Dude, does your cousin Um, even know how much... He changed your life? <laughs> no, I don't think he properly does because, like, after I got all of those, and he was the one who also introduced me to Final Fantasy because I remember he's playing Final Fantasy VII and I was looking at the TV and I was like, what is that? And then I went home and then I guess this was the same time Final Fantasy VIII came out and then you know those sweet ass graphics <laughs> I saw on TV yeah. on a commercial and I was like, whoa! Oh, there's another part of look at that this, look at those graphics so I, I went to the Blockbuster do you remember Blockbuster mm-hmm. and yeah. I went with my mom and I was like I want to rent this game so I rented this game and the guy at the counter was probably in high school and I was like tiny so I felt really self-conscious oh. and I felt really embarrassed that I was going up with my mom and going to rent this thing and he like is scanning the thing and he's like and he gives it back to me he's like this is a really good game you're going to be really excited and I was oh. like wow Thank you. <laughs> That's so cute. And then I ran home what? and to this day I think like eight is probably like one of my all time favorites because it was my first one and I was so like into it. Did you steal that copy from Blockbuster? I did not. Later I Come just on, I think Ashley. I just like bought it. 
whenever we would like rent games and we really liked them, my mom would just be like, just keep it. And then they would always call us every month. They'd be like, like you owe $500 now. What? Why? I was like, I don't think Kirby 64 is worth $500, mom. She's like, oh, well. Your mom put Blockbuster out of business. (laughs) That literally happened. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I remember when Blockbuster gave me the wrong cartridge because I didn't check. (gasps) So, like, I was getting something I was super excited about. And then I opened the box and it was Lemmings for second (laughs) Like, <laughs> Mom, we have to go back. She's like, that's three exits up this highway. I don't know. And I'm Did like, you play it? No, I was oh. not allowed to play Lemmings. Oh. <laughs> I'd play Lemmings. Yeah, I mean, I would probably play What do play you do? Now. Do you just run off a cliff? I don't remember. I just remember that, like, the Lemmings had, like, green hair and were, like, wearing these weird blue suits. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think they were. Next wow. week, we not all play Lemmings. lemmings. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's play Lemmings. This question is from Scott Leland. They say, hello, Polygon Show. Hope you're well. My question this week is, if you could see a full orchestra perform any full game soundtrack live, what game would it be? What would your backstage pass entail? Love the show. They probably don't use that voice. I have an answer, uh, A, because I looked at this beforehand. But I would, it would either be Assassin's Creed 2 or Assassin's mm. Creed 2. Mm-hmm. It would be Assassin's Creed fucking 2. Yeah. Because I would music. cry yeah. when they play the family theme. That's my favorite. And the th- the Earth theme. Yeah. Yes. Uh, although, I like, I would also love any, like, a, a medley show of all of the Assassin's Creeds or just Assassin's Creed 2. That's my choice. Actually, honestly, Stardew Valley as well, since that's kind of on my mind today. All the music from that game is so good, especially the winter, the winter songs. They're so ambient and cool and I want them playing in my house all the time yeah my backstage pass would be that I hang out with Paul Amos for 70,000 hours the voice of Jacob Fry <laughs> I'm a simple girl even though he has needs. nothing to do with this 70,000 hours yeah well I'm sure that he at some point acknowledged its presence as a, a piece of video game history and that's good enough for me <laughs> he's there he's hanging out because he's he's got you know brand loyalty so he's just also there. Mm-hmm. It's a lure for me. So he can trap me. <laughs> Take me back to Montreal. <laughs> okay. Put me um, in the ground. I don't know. <laughs> answer, answer the question like a hurry. I'm going to cut you off. But okay, thank go you ahead for those that. images. Uh, I feel like I have one serious answer. So I really like Virginia. Mm. I really love that game. And the guy, that game was really cool because there's no dialogue. It's just all music. Um, so it would be really, really rad to see like a live performance of that game, especially because it's only an hour and a half, you know? So it would be like one of those like live concerts with a movie or whatever. That would be perfect. Yeah. I don't know what a backstage pass would involve. For sitting that. around crying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would just be like a private crying Learning about room. discrimination in the workplace. They pass out some pamphlets and they have a seminar. But here's, here's your velvet lined cl- crying space (laughs) crying pouch they put you in the pouch and then you cry in it (laughs) and then your tears soak into the pouch and then they bring it out into the great machine and then they manufacture more games from your tears (laughs) Um, and then the other uh, okay so that's like my very serious answer and then I would also they actually do this like I want to go to one of those like Pokemon live concerts because Pokemon is such a good soundtrack I feel like that would be weird though because those songs are kind of short uh, so it'll just be like 30 seconds and then you applaud and then another like 30 seconds uh, and then backstage I don't know I don't know there would be actual Pokemon Real there Pokemon. or something yeah hang out with you could ride a, a lacrosse a Lapras Lapras I'm sorry a lacrosse a li- ride a lacrosse player <laughs> what would yours be Chelsea <laughs> 
ruined. There's just men to ride backstage. Hurry! This hey, is like not the sorry. horniest I'm episode related yet. to Pokemon. Anyway, I, I yeah, I've never been one of the, one of the Legend of Zelda ones, and I always mm-hmm. want to go. Mm. But, uh, but I think since I will, I'll pick a different one. I we talked about our weird feelings about Bioshock Infinite, and I agree. But but I see what you're saying, and but I agree. <laughs> the uh, God only knows Barbershop Quartet is like one of the spine tingliest music. Like moments I've ever had in a game, mm-hmm. I think, and I uh, I would love to see that performed live along with the other amazing covers. Like I think I was very frustrated when that game first came out, and I could only get short clips of every song on YouTube, and I was like, I want to hear everything. This is so good. Like mm-hmm. the the soundtrack of that game is great, but the Barbershop Quartet is creepy and amazing and good, and I want to see that. That's live. another one of those series where. Give me the th- the full medley of every game because they all have phenomenal soundtracks. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. What about you, Ashley? Uh, I would pick Final Fantasy VIII again. Heck um, yeah! Really good orchestra. I mean, like I, I remember how excited I was when I went to my first anime convention when I was thirteen, and I saw the official Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack for sale. Right for forty whole dollars. That was a lot of money 40? for me. Forty when you're thirteen, that's a lot. That's like a lot. Of that's money. a lot. For that's me a now. lot of money for a CD. It was money? well, I, actually, I think it was like four CDs, maybe. Um, and well, it had official artwork. You know, you could listen to every Assassin's Creed soundtrack on YouTube for free. Yeah, I mean, I and probably will listen Fantasy to it for free. Yeah, now, I definitely do because but it's 2017. It has like a super just sweeping, like the intro, the cinematic intro has like the most over the top kind of like dramatic classical slash opera thing ever. Mm-hmm. Not really opera, but uh, yeah, that or um, Chrono Cross had really good music. Ooh. It was very, I mean, Chrono Trigger as well, but Chrono Cross like was just so colorful and fleshed out and interesting and they had all these great worlds Chrono Cross is a good game what would your backstage pass be oh my backstage pass is I get to hang out with Nobuo Uematsu oh shit I get to sit there and like talk to him maybe and then we would eat some snacks together yeah and then we would get drunk yeah and then we would eat what kind of snacks oh mochi ice cream Cheetos. Would he wipe Sushi. the Cheeto dust from his fingers in between bites? No. <laughs> he would eat he would, them all in one. He would, would he, he would keep it all on and then at the end he would make the momentous decision. Do I use a wet nap to mm. wipe all of this off at once or do I just go for it and put my fingers in my Suck mouth? Suck them. <laughs> please, please never tell nobody I'm to suck them. This episode is rated super age yeah. for super horny. Jesus Christ. I would never say that to him. They're Cheetos. You can't sexualize Cheetos, and I'm not either. I'm just saying. Apparently you can, Simone. No. You can have, you, there's one can thing you to dip do a when Cheeto in mochi? Yes. No. Yes. It's like yes. dipping a French fry in your frosting. No, that's not what that's fucking like. Fucking do it. I would dip a Cheeto in anything. Hmm. Challenge Mayonnaise. me. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I'll try it. Just a spite. You give me a pack okay. of Cheetos. Give me some mayo. All right. This letter is from Vron. The Vron, the wonderful Vron who did our art. Uh the, the art that's sitting in front of us right now. So Vron uh is Anuanu on Twitter and did this great 
portrait of all of us at the Polygon show. She and was Pat our first fan art. Got them framed because he's also super nice. Um, Ron writes, howdy, Polygon folks. I hope you've had a wonderful week. Thank you for all the hard work you put into the show. It's the highlight of my Friday. Thank you. My question is, what's a game you love but feel never got the widespread recognition it deserves? Mine would have to be Touch Detective, despite its various spinoffs. Keep rocking it. Sincerely, Fron. I'm going to look up Touch Detective right now, which is what I should have done before the show, because evidently it, it is, it's, as it's underappreciated uh, enough that I have not heard of it. Shit, I recognize this little character dude with the blonde hair and the, the French-looking hat. Moment of silence. Moment of silence. Oh, oh, yeah. That's super cute. Oh, man, I have a great answer. You need to tell me what this show is about, Ron, or show, what this game is about, because it looks super adorable, and I have never freaking heard of it. Chelsea, you say you have a good answer. What's your answer? Uh, yeah, I, I think I have a couple answers, but my favorite answer is I feel like I'm the only person on staff even who dips into this uh, to playing Grand Theft Auto online, and nobody understands. Like, everyone's like, why does this game have an online functionality it's so good it's like probably some of the most fun that i've had playing multiplayer games with my friends online like the racing is amazing you can Mm -hmm. there's like stunt tracks that feel like burnout paradise like it's but also kind of realistic racing and you can race on motorbikes but there's also these cooperative heist missions that you all have to do together and everyone has different roles and when you screw up it's always really funny and terrible and kind of frustrating but usually like just the most fun and i I think everyone owns GTA, but most people don't play it online, and it's so f- Literally one of my favorite uh, Let's Play series on YouTube is um, Achievement Hunter has a heist series in GTA Online. And they do a bunch of messing around in, uh, in GTA Online. It, it always, always, always makes me want to play it. But then I worry that it wouldn't be as fun as watching them play it, so I haven't yet. But it looks awesome, and I love the heist format. Like, that's some shit I want to do with yeah. my friends. And even the free play. I want to break shit. You you break shit. You have to you know like break into a prison. You have to do like all these really mm-hmm. elaborate things. You have to steal a plane. It's like the most GTA stuff. And also then the free play mode is just ridiculous and fun. And you can also start events. And yeah, yeah I I love it. I feel like more people that I know need to play. Just maybe so I can have more friends to play with. But yeah, it's so fun. Ashley, do you have one? Yeah, I'm like riding that PlayStation train super hard right now. I just Ride thought about it. two games. Which, I don't know, maybe it's just that they're old. (laughs) But um, Croc was a fantastic and cute game. And there are these, and I have a wonderful memory of there are these, like, gummy rings that you can, like, jump up on. And so I always craved Lifesaver gummies every time I played that game. I've never seen this game either. You've never seen Croc? Croc is so good. I remember Croc. Technically, I'm looking at Croc Croc right now. Croc is fantastic. It was very, very cute. And uh, it's a, a platformer. Let's have a pause while I show this game to everyone. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh. It was good. It was a good game. And uh, Klonoa, do you know about... Oh, my yes. God. I own it. I heard the ending's really sad. I still haven't played it. I don't think I ever got to finish it. Apparently, it's, like, devastatingly That was, like, sad. a game that I had rented over and over at Blockbuster, but, like, never actually bought. Mm. So I don't know how it ends. Is that an RPG? Or... It's like, like another platformer, like a platformer kind of. yeah. Yeah. A platformer with a devastating ending. You're yeah, speaking my fucking language. Devastate me. And that was on PS2? No, PlayStation. PlayStation. Oh, the mm-hmm. there's also like a one. Wii remaster remake. Oh shit. Oh. 
Yeah. Why does Nintendo keep wanting me to buy the Wii? Um, okay, I All have a couple. All these years later. Go on. <laughs> I have a couple ideas. Uh, okay, so the first idea, Bron will like this, is Yokai Watch Wibwob. <laughs> so good. Wait, that's not a. That's not a real name. It's is it? a real name. I will pull it up for you on my damn what? phone. That's, that's a worse name than. It's a very Wait, good what is bony game. Yokai Watch Wibwob is a little like puzzle game. So all the like, it's kind of like bubble bobble or whatever and all the like bubbles are yokai characters like their heads so you have to use your like it's a touch game because it's on your phone and you have to like connect all the characters together to like form chains and then they get bigger and then you can pop them they're called like wib wobs or something and then you can pop the wib wobs and you're like there's a timer and if you pop them it like attacks the enemy and you're trying to attack the enemy within the time constraints and it's so fun it's a mobile game it is really 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 fun can i return to something i heard chelsea say which is yokai watch fleshy soul it's Bony Spirits and Fleshy Souls. Oh, yeah, you gave me Why? Bony Spirits. Yeah. Why? It's the sequel to Yokai Watch. Explain. They made, it's like Pokemon, they made two different games, and one is Fleshy Souls and one is Bony Spirits. They you know what? I can't explain. I cannot explain that. Different motifs, and I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I started. Wibble Wobble. Okay. I actually did start that. Wibble game. Wobble, Wib Wob. Whatever. Where did you get Wibwob from? It was Wibble Wobble. People call it Wibwob in the Wibble Wobble fandom. Patrick. <laughs> Thank you. If you are a real Wibwob fan. Here. Okay. It does say they are called Wibwobs. Thank you. Even if the game is called Wibble Wobble. So <laughs> they, they could not have come up with a name that's harder to say on a podcast. And I really appreciate that. I, I, the dedication is It's a really amazing. excellently made game. It's the best Yokai Watch game. Wibwob. Wibwob. Okay, I have two other ideas really quickly. Tell me. Uh, the other one is Muramasa the Demon Blade, mm. which is by Vanillaware. It's on the Wii. It's also on the PS Vita or something. It's like a really cool action game. And so there's two characters and they have like two storylines that like branch off. And it's just like a really, really fun action game. It's kind of like Dynasty Warriors. You're just killing like waves of enemies, but it's like a side scroller and it's mm. beautiful. Like Vanillaware like, always has really beautiful art. Um, so that game's super, super fun. It's on the Wii, so no one played it. Um, but like, I just loved the art style and the combat felt so good. And even though it did get a remake or whatever on the PS Vita, I feel like no one really knows that game. My last one is Disney Extreme Skate Adventure, which is a really, really fun game on PlayStation 2. Tell me about it that. Was that basically, sounds like my jam. It was by the people who made like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which is rad. And it just had like a couple Disney worlds in it. So like it was Toy Story, Lion King, and like Tarzan. And so you would just go through these different Disney worlds and play as those characters. And the soundtrack was so good. Did you play in the Toy Story world? It was Buzz and Woody. Both Um, of them were on skateboarding. Buzz can fly. That's so unfair. It was uh, the gameplay was horrible, but the soundtrack is like my favorite soundtrack in any game ever. It had like Smash Mouth. Wait, I and, and also who skates in the Lion King? Uh Simba. Oh, and Timon and Pumbaa together. I have weird I'm getting phantom memories of this thing that I may have never seen, but I can picture it so vividly. Mm, it's really it's the magic good. Of Disney. And yeah. I, I actually I'm I'm rethinking this now. I think the whole point of Toy Story is that Buzz can't actually fly. So I take it back. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. It's not cheating after all. All right. That's gonna be our show for this week. And I have a challenge that I'm issuing to the people whose ears I'm talking into right now. And that is if you like the show, 
go ahead and tell a friend about it. You can tell them in person with your mouth to their ears. Uh, you can tell them over the online with your fingers to texts, and then they read the text, and then they think, that's a cool show that my friend recommended. I'm going to check that out for the reasons that you will list. The reasons that you will list being, of course, that we are very uh, – appropriate. Uh, our, our words are always very appropriate and correct and accurate. And we never joke and are always super serious and um, good at explaining things to you. And also, I hope we're funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So please recommend the show to a friend. Uh, that's the best way to get the word out about it. And then you get to talk to your friends about it, which I think is super fun. And, of course, if you would like to send an email to be read on the show, you send those to polygonshow at polygon.com. Come. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week if we survive the Portland heat. This has been The Polygon Show. <laughs> <laughs>